Thanks for tuning in to the Revival Tabernacle Podcast. Wherever you may be listening from, we hope that this message encourages you in the unwavering, unconditional love of Jesus Christ. Join us as we reach sinners, raise believers, and release leaders. Please enjoy the message from the RT Pulpit. Grace and peace to you all. If you don't mind, I know you have been worshiping and praising God, and I am not that pastor and that minister that will come all up in here and act like the praise just started when I got here. I know you've been praising all day, so I am not ignorant to that. But I believe that it is um, Einstein that said the reality and the validity of all existence is based on vibration. Say that again. The reality and the validity of all existence is based on vibration. In other words, what Einstein is saying is, if you are alive, you make noise. Whether you are a quiet person or not. I'm not quoting you anything from scripture. This is what Albert Einstein said. He said, the reality of all existence. If you exist, you make noise. So since you are alive and you're noisy anyway, it don't make sense to be noisy quiet. Okay, sound travels at the speed of 1,128 feet per second, which means the length of three football fields per second sound travels, which means when you come to church, you can't afford to say nothing. When you come to church, you can't afford to be quiet because every sound you make, it travels the length of three football fields per second. Which means, on the good side, if you have a need right now, you can shout, if you're broke, you can shout money, and it's gonna travel into your future the length of three football fields per second. Which means this is not a time for you to be quiet, and it's not a time for you to say the wrong thing. If you're interested in remodeling your future, I dare you jump to your feet and put something in the atmosphere going toward your future. Come on, I dare you, I dare you, I dare you, I dare you, I dare you. I can't hear you. Sound like you wanna be. The length of three. I was telling the minister that drove me, I was like, when you when you out there on the field and you, you it's not so much preaching a sermon. I'm trying to hear God. And because I am a worship leader as well, I try to get into the atmosphere. And because I have not been here, I've been trying to make sure that I hear because because I hear God better when in this atmosphere of worship. So I'm not trying to get you to worship for me but I'm trying to get you to worship so that we can hear God together. Because I have a bunch of stuff I can preach, but I want to say what you came to hear that's going to fix your situation. So can you lift up your heart? Lift up your hand. If you don't say anything, just say, God, pull on the man of God for me. Whatever you do, just say, pull on the man of God for me. Put me in F. 
I just believe that God wants to do something so phenomenal. I just need to hear your lips. There is none like you. Jesus, hmm. no one else can touch heart like you do. Let's stay in worship. I can search for all eternity long, long. There is none like you. Lift your hearts. There is none like you. Jesus, and no one else can touch my heart like you do. And I can search for all eternity long and find there is none like you. Cause I searched all over, couldn't find nobody. Looked high and low, still couldn't find nobody. They said, there's nobody great. Can you testify to that? Nobody great, nobody greater than you. The old church will say this. Then sings my soul, my Savior, my Savior. Oh, how great. There it is. Heart. How great thou art. With a strong voice, come on. Then sings my soul, my Savior. Your God to thee. How great thou art. How great thou art. How great. How great is our God. Sing with me. How great is our God. Y'all, I wish y'all would go with me today. Is our God? Come on, come on. Oh, how great. Pick it up, pick it up. Yeah. Is, there you go. Sing with me. Oh, I will sing. Is our God? Is our God? I see we got the house in here. It's a name above. Come on. Worthy of our praise. And our heart will sing. 
Is our God shall yeah, yeah, it's the name above our name. Worthy. And I will sing. Is our God shall yeah, yeah. stop yeah I need a praiser in here to throw your head back and just shout one loud yeah come on give it to him today he deserves every bit of worship every bit of praise and our heart will sing how great is our God oh and our heart will sing, how great is our God. Grab your Bibles, grab your iPads, grab your phones, and go with me to Acts 12. I feel God in this building. I feel God in this building. I believe that God wants to do something phenomenal, and this is a kickoff service. That mean this is the first time we're doing this? Y'all ain't saying nothing. This is a kickoff? This is the first time we're doing this? Which means we want to make sure we do this right. I'm speaking with and for pastor. We want to make sure we kick this off right. Do me a favor and just kind of nudge your neighbor, elbow your neighbor and tell them, let's do this right. Let's do this together. I don't know if you customarily stand for the word or if you, uh, you know, but if we could do that together, I don't um, want to turn this into a um, writer and a concert vibe, but can they turn the monitor toward me? Can they, can they turn the monitor toward me or, uh, yeah, or I mean, I don't want to mess anything up. I don't want to cause anything, but if you can turn just turn some stuff to me so that I can hear, so that I won't kill you. We had a ridiculous service this morning. We dressed in our unified suits and all black, and we, we did communion and first Sunday type thing, and we're celebrating, and God has blessed us to be in an absolutely phenomenal edifice, but we are shifting our location to a greater. We have been blessed to uh, be in facilities and we've had to outgrow it. Yes. And just, if you can put some highs in here, I'll be absolutely 100% okay. But we celebrate change. I told them this morning 
in the book of Job chapter 14, it says, at the scent of water, the tree knows that new life is getting ready to take place. And I told them, when you can't trust what you feel, when you can't see anything, when you can't hear God, sometimes you have to sniff your way into a miracle. <laughs> sometimes you got to open up your passages to sniff that at the scent of water, I can reboot and relive again. I dare somebody shout reboot. I dare somebody shout live again. God wants to do something phenomenal, and I believe that when you kick something off, you should kick it as far and as hard as you can so you can make progress. And tonight, I want to talk to you all. I'm excited to talk about it because I believe that this is a season for all of you all to get a prophetic head start. Hmm. Don't look at me like that. Some of y'all know how it is. We used to race back in the day. You would win races because the person that knew they could beat you would give you a head start. And you just felt good about having the advantage. Tonight, God sent me here to talk to you about having an opportunity to get a head start and get the advantage. Before we get into that preach moment, can you just encourage your role and tell them advantage, advantage, advantage. Come on, come on, tell them advantage, advantage, advantage. Come on, say it like you mean it. Come on, say advantage. You can even go ahead and put some swag on it and say, I have the advantage. If you feel like being prophetic and encourage your neighbor, tell them you have the advantage. Oh, it sounds like God's gonna do something in here tonight. Acts, the 12th chapter, verse 7. And behold, the angel of the Lord came upon him, and a light shined in the prison, and he smote Peter on the side and raised him up, saying, Arise quickly. And his chains fell off his hands. And the angel said unto him, Gird thyself and bind on thy sandals. And so he did. And he saith unto him, cast thy garment about thee and follow me. And he went out and followed him and wist not that it was true, which was done by the angel, but thought he saw a vision. When they were past the first and the second ward, they came unto an iron gate that leadeth unto the city, which opened to them of its own accord. And they went out and passed on through one street. And forthwith the angel departed from here. And when Peter saw, I'm sorry, when Peter was come to himself, he said, no, now I know of a surety that the Lord hath sent his angel and hath delivered me out of the hand of Herod and from all the expectation of the people of the Jews. I want you to encourage this atmosphere and encourage your neighbor and say it with a loud voice and tell them, early release. And if you believe that God's going to do what he's going to do early, I dare you give God a praise right now and expectation for it happening early. You may be seated in his presence. What can I say about your illustrious pastor? He has been a man 
has been a friend to me. He has invited me into his life, his circle, his space. He has put me in a scenario where people have been able to hear my ministry and even celebrate what God has put in me. And I'm so grateful that he's seen something in me years ago. I even had the nerve one year to come to Eastern Michigan doing Ohio Michigan Day with my Ohio State uh, stuff on. And they still say they man and gave me an honorarium after I got through instead of being that. But I just believe that God is positioning us because the last time we've seen each other, neither one of us were pastoring. And here we are now in another season. Can I let you know, for those that desire to be up here or desire to be in ministry, particularly pastoring, um, if God didn't call you to this, this ain't what you want. This is not the season for us to have... Um, I'm used to preaching at my church, so i got to make sure I filter what I say. This ain't the time for us to have another highly gifted, crazy person get up in the pulpit and now say, I want to do this. We've had enough. We've seen enough. And because we live in a generation now where the pulpit has been replaced for a platform and the anointing has been replaced for charisma, it's like anybody can get up here now. But the rendering of the word pool pit is rendered from the thought to pull out of the pit. <laughs> Which means there is a certain level of life's qualifications and God's anointing that should be on your life for you to be able to be up here. Because my pastor told me over 20 years ago, preaching is about 10% of pastoring. And the other 90%. You got to be called to it. And we need more shepherds with the shepherd's heart. They said the shepherds in some, in, in, in some areas would wear a fleece coat when they're around the sheep. So there can be a certain level of commonality and trust. The sheep need to make sure that they smell like you and you smell like them. Which speaks to time being spent shepherding sheep. So... In my presence and with me, can we celebrate your leader for being a shepherd that has a shepherd's heart? He could be doing a whole lot of things, but he has chosen to say yes to an absolutely phenomenal call, which is to shepherd God's people. I just believe that God said in Scripture, woe unto them that scatter the sheep. So if you are gathering the sheep, I believe that there is a different expression from God. If it's woe to them that scatter, then what is God saying to those that gather? I think there must be something great to be said about every shepherd that will take our time to make sure that you have an opportunity to hear God in a whole nother way. Blessed are the feet of the preacher. And we ought to make sure we honor the men and women in our lives that God, are, God has called us to be able to serve and to protect and to feed and to be connected. So again, we're just grateful for this opportunity. Uh, I'm going to try to do uh, my very best to um, be mindful of all of you all's time and the perspective here. I want to give a word and drop it here. And I ain't got nothing to do but go eat and go catch up and um, uh, go home. We got a service again tomorrow. And then 
I'm on the road and pastoring, so I'm trying to make sure that I give me some good sleep. Amen. And I am a little hungry, so we're not going to push it for that, though. Anytime you hear a preacher preach from the book of Acts. Now, what, what I mean, if, can I be me? I mean, what, I can be free? Okay, I'm just going to make sure because they don't know me and I'm kind of. Uh, anytime you, you, you hear a preacher preach from the book of Acts, I don't care what chapter. Anytime you hear a preacher preach from the book of Acts, please know for yourself that the book of Acts is rendered from the word action, activity, and activation. So when you hear a preacher preach from the book of Acts, that means whatever he's saying or whatever she's saying has the ability to create action, activate things in your life. So it's based on the reality of your response sometimes. When you have a prophetic moment, you have to make sure that God can locate your response. In other words, God is omnipresent, we know that, which means he is all and everywhere at the same time. We know that. However, if God is omnipresent, why do we say, God, manifest yourself? Because if he's already here, why does he have to come here? Which means there's a theology of teaching. There's a difference between omnipresence and manifest presence. Omnipresence is he's already here. Manifest presence is he comes directly to whoever responds to him. So everybody does not benefit from the manifest presence. They just sit up under the omnipresence. Only those that have relationship with God knows how to cry out to him. And what I'm saying is some people only cry out to him when they get in trouble. But for those of us that need direction, we cry out to him so that he can manifest himself. Anybody need God to manifest himself here today? Okay, let me go further. Anybody need God to manifest himself at your house right now while you're here? Oh, that's a whole nother one. I said, anybody need God to show up at your house while you're here right now praising God? There's some stuff that God can be fixing. Let me go further. Anybody need God to manifest himself tomorrow morning? <sighs> so as I'm preaching from this book of Acts, all I say to you is, when you feel like God is moving in your life, don't be slow to respond. Just give God the reactionary praise that comes from someone that feels like God is moving in your life. And I speak right now upon the unction of the Holy Ghost that as I'm preaching, I pray that God start moving your money. I pray that while I'm preaching, God start moving stuff in your body. I pray that while I'm preaching right now, God start moving situations where now they're in the boardroom having conversations about you before you get there. And before you know it, you just walk into a promotion. In this particular text, Acts the 12th chapter, we hear that Peter is imprisoned. Peter is put in prison because they are afraid of the threat 
of these men that followed Jesus, and the term is turning the world upside down. They already beheaded his brother, and now Peter is next. The intentions was for them, religious leaders, and Herod and them, to behead and cut him down and take his life. But because of Easter, they said, let's wait until after Easter so there would not be a religious uproar over this death. So they put him in prison when they had other intentions to kill him. Let me let you know, if God wanted you dead, you'd be dead. And if the enemy had a chance to kill you, you'd be dead. And sometimes we say that. The enemy should have killed me when he had a chance. Well, if he had a chance, you wouldn't be here. For the enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy you. But the Lord comes that you might have life and that more abundantly. So now Peter is here, imprisoned. He's put now in this third dimension of the prison. I want to talk to you all about dimensions for a moment because here we have Peter is put in this dungeon, if you will, basement of this prison. Now, for those that need a visual, I know you have a wonderful Bible teacher here, so I'm quite sure that what I'm going to say is just going to be a redo of Sunday school that you probably already taught all this stuff on. But Peter is now in the dungeon, and when you are imprisoned in this time, you are chained. You are shackled. A guard on your right and a guard on your left. So here he is, <clears throat> he's chained and bound, but he's bound to people that are bound to him. This ain't going to go too far. Sometimes uh, when you get your deliverance, you don't know the dance that the other person going to get because some folk are bound because you're bound. They don't like that. The reality of it is Peter is in a state. He's in a position of bondage. But the guards are in the same position he's in, but they're not in the same state he's in. Peter is the prisoner. They're the guards. But because they're doing their job, they have to be shackled to him. So here it is, bound up, right and left. That speaks auto. It speaks to the reality of sometimes God will allow you to go through a season where you're bound up and your direction is bound up. To the right of me and to the left of me, I can't see my own way because I'm bound up to something that got me held hostage. Okay, and sometimes when you look at right and left, it speaks to peripheral. And sometimes when you have vision, the frustrating thing is you can only see one way. But this particular story lets us know that Peter is bound up and his direction is bound up and his peripheral vision is bound up. So now here he is in something with people that are not in the same state with him. I don't know how far I can go with this, but I want to release a free spirit in this house for you to get unstuck. Now, most of us are not stuck in the house. We're stuck outside the house. But we bring the mindset of what we're stuck to in the house. So now the praise and worship leader has to fight real hard to try to, first of all, just get you unstuck for what you just left. 
And we end up losing our voices and end up sweating and going crazy just trying to talk to your flesh. We ain't even got to the worshiper in you yet. We just got to the mean you. The frustrated you, the tired you because you're bound up to stuff that's bound up to you. Uh, Y'all didn't like getting free. I wish I had somebody in here that was ready to really walk in freedom because I believe that some folk are addicted to the concept of deliverance but they don't want to really be free. Y'all didn't like that. Take, for example, the man with the withered hand. After Jesus restored his hand like the other one, now he has to now not go back to all the years of overcompensating for having one hand. Sometimes getting free will expose the fact that now you have to become a new you. They don't like how I'm preaching, but I'm going to preach it anyhow. Because what we have is, we have a bunch of people that come to church that are addicted to deliverance, but when they get delivered, they go back to... Bound up to what's bound up to them. Oh, if it was a different church, I would preach the guards. Because what would it be like for mama to finally get free from the son that's unstable? Oh, I just stepped on somebody's toe. My bad. What would it feel like for the person that's in relationship with someone to finally get unstuck from that person that don't know how to function in a relationship? How joyful would it be for leaders to finally get people that really want to follow Christ and not so follow them? Because the moment as a leader, you start erecting yourself as a personification of greatness and you start putting God on the back burner, you're going to set yourself for distraction and destruction. I wish I had about six free folk in here that will follow me for the rest of this sermon and say, I want to be free. No, no. Say, I got to be free. Peter is bound up and he's in this situation. Direction, balance, decisions, strength. Ability, peripheral vision is all stuck. And the Bible says while he's in this dark place, an angel of the Lord showed up down in the dark, deep crevice of the prison. Sometimes you don't even realize that God knows how to get to that place that you've shut everybody else from. The Bible even says this, I desire truth from the inward parts. Y'all know what that means in the Hebrew? It means I desire truth from the dark and chaotic places that only you and God know about. If we could ever get folk to tell the truth to themselves, we have a different perspective of a free deliverance service. And he is now in the darkest place that he's ever been in in his life, chained and shackled. And the angel shows up. And the Bible says the light shone in the midst of darkness. The light shone in the midst of darkness. The Bible says in John 1, 4 and 5, in him was the life, and the life was the light of all men. And the light shines in darkness, and darkness comprehended it not. The scripture says in Psalm 36 and 9, for with thee is the fountain of life, and in thy light shall we see light. In other words, God is coming to get you even when you don't want to be got. (laughs) 
And I got a college degree, and I know how to say it right, but I want to say it so you'll understand it. Sometimes you'll even hide from God because you've had to hide from people. Because sometimes we dilute God down to a family member when God is God. God is not concerned about how bashful and shy you are. God is trying to pull you out of something so that you can pull somebody else out of something. God don't want you to go through hell and high water and be in a dark place and stay there. And then when it comes time for ministry, you don't want to say what you've been through. God is trying to come to your dark place to get you out. I'll even say this. The Bible says, while you were yet dead in your sins and trespasses. Christ already loved you, baby. So him cutting the light on your darkness is not because he's mad at you. He's exposing you because he loves you. He's trying to pull you out of this place that you had to go. Y'all don't want me to testify, but I went through a dark season when I went through my divorce back in 2003. And when I went through that season, I moved out of a house into a one-bedroom efficiency. I didn't want to see nobody because I was still the worship leader. I was the, uh, the praise and worship leader and the uh, minister of music at the church that I was at. Big church in Springfield. We were having a great time. All eyes were on me and I felt horrible. I felt like I wasn't going to make it. I felt like everybody was looking at me strange. So I went to a hiding place. And I lived there for a while because I thought that everybody had eyes on me. But one day I was laying. I didn't have no furniture. Everything was gone. Everything. I was left with nothing. I was laying on an air mattress. One of my buddies gave me an air mattress. The air mattress ran out of air, so I'm on the floor. I'm on the floor, and I'm literally praying to God for a year and a half. This was my prayer. Lord, I love you. Lord, I praise you. Lord, I lift your name on high. Be exalted in my life. I felt unworthy, and I would not pray and ask God for nothing because I felt like a failure by going through a divorce. So I would just pray that prayer. Lord, I love you. Lord, I praise you, and I lift your name on high. After about a year and a half, I was laying in. It was a Saturday, and in depression, every day is dark. In depression, it can be sunny outside, but it's dark inside. You cut the blinds, y'all ain't saying nothing. You need all types of help and counseling. And uh, I believe that it was God that allowed the sun to shine through those blinds. Uh, and I heard the voice of God sound like my own daddy. He said, get up from there. Who said you were worth nothing? And I told myself, I want to know He said, how? God said, how are you going to unanoint yourself when you didn't anoint yourself. Then he said, there's another level of anointing in your life. I got up from there and that was the first day of the second half of my life. I'm going to say this at the end if somebody will respond, but let me say it now for those that really want to jump on it. And if you jump on it, that's fine. God is trying to introduce you to a season so that the second half of your life will make up for the first half of your life. Some of y'all didn't like that, so let me say it again. God is trying to send you to a place where the second half of your life is going to make up for the... Who in here can high-five your neighbor and say, that word was for me? Because after all the hell that I've been through, I need the second half of my life to make up for all the stuff that I lost, all the stuff that I felt like a failure in. Who in here is like Prophet Jill Scott? I'm living my life like it's golden, and can't nobody shut me down. I need about six praisers that want to go ahead and let the devil bit real nervous and give God a shout of praise for the second half of your life. Let me get out my testimony and finish this text. And then uh, 
the Lord said that prayer that you had, Lord, I love you. Lord, I praise you. Lord, lift me on your high. He said, write a song. I wrote the song, Be Exalted. Put it on my little demo CD. Ended up being a CD that blessed me. But then it ended up being the title cut for Dr. Marvin Sapp's record. And then now across the country, they were singing, Lord, I love you. Lord, I praise you. Lord, I lift your name on. People didn't know that that was my prayer in depression. Sometimes what the world will heal from is the thing that you were hurting with. Who in here can testify that there's something in you that really came out when you were in the darkest season of your life? Oh, I'm coming to get you today. I don't care if you're nervous or not. God is coming to get you today because he's not going to allow you to stay in the kingdom and be bashful and still hold on to the excuses on what happened to you. Maybe it happened to the rest of us, but just like Peter, God is coming to get you. Can you help me preach this to your neighbor and tell your neighbor God came to get you today? God came, y'all ain't saying it. Hit your neighbor and tell them God came to get you today out of that dark season, out of that darkness and depression and disappointment out of that failure. I know some of you sitting there looking all suchy muchy like you really ain't in depression and if you're not God bless you but those of us that got deep dark secrets and things that we don't want to talk about God says I'm coming down your street because it's time to pull you out and the Bible says and the angel came in there and shined the light. See what you got to realize this is all God got to do he ain't got to say nothing just cut the light on. The enemy starts fleeing because they don't like light. As soon as God cut the light on, the angel showed up. From there on, it was about instructions. Hit your neighbor, tell him, follow the instructions. He said to Peter, after the light shone, the angel said, get up. The Bible says he tapped him. Hmm. He tapped him. He smote him from the Greek word pats also. Pats also to strike gently or to strike harshly. The angel knew how to hit him in the right place. God knows how to hit you with a situation that'll take somebody else out but for you it's a gentle touch. God knows how to hit you with an eviction and the eviction would have made somebody lose their mind but for you it was a sign that God is about to shift you to another season God knows how to hit you with uh, being fired or lose your job and other folk will lose their mind but for you it's a gentle tap saying you about to be an entrepreneur y'all ain't saying nothing I need somebody in here God will gently tap you with the reality of a loved one leaving you and other folk will lose their mind but you're saying Maybe God has something better for me. And I believe there's some praisers in the house that have experienced that touch from God. In the midst of the dark place, God just want to. So he just touched him. AG, what he did, he touched him. And when he touched him, the Bible says he raised him up. The touch might hurt. But it's raising you up. I almost hollered right there. Let me calm down. This, is this a holler church? Okay, I'm sorry. He, he touched him, and the Bible says Peter went from this to this. Oh, y'all ain't liking this. And the Bible says when Peter got up, simultaneously the chains, y'all don't know when to dance. It did not say that the angel came in there with a key and unlocked anything. He just smote him 
And then when he raised up, the chains, oh God. Don't y'all understand that the chains were put at a certain dimension on him that he could not move without the accord and the permission of the God. So the angel is now coming in there and disrupting the order of the disorder. Y'all missing what I'm saying? The angel is now shutting down all dimensions. First of all, you chained up to guards who are chained up to you. You in the darkest season of your life and the light comes on and you get up and the chains fall off of you. It never said the chains fell off the guards. So now the guards are still asleep. Y'all missing this. I can tell it's going. The guards are still asleep. And now, ooh, I can holler on this one right now. Peter is in the situation, but he's awake. I wish somebody would look at me with the Bernie Mac eyes and say, I'm awake in the situation. I'm still in it. God ain't delivered me yet, but I'm awake. I'm aware. My discernment is up. And for anybody that's taking notes, let me give you this one. Uh, you got to heighten your discernment so you can expose darkness. Uh, you got to heighten your discernment so you can expose deception. Uh, and deception is trying to make you think that just because you're still in it, you're going to always be in it. But I need about six happy praises to say tonight is the announcement of me coming out of what I've been stuck in. Huh. He is up, awake, light shining. The guards are asleep. Now the Bible says, the angel says, put on your stuff. Everything you had to take off to be a prisoner, you got to now redress yourself to be in freedom. I don't think that's going to go too well. You got to look at, some of us get comfortable with what has been stripped from us. So now we feel like we're not supposed to have certain things. And we now make a theology out of everything. Y'all don't like this, but I'm going to say it anyway. Man born of a woman it's but a few days, and it's full of trouble. But God didn't say that. Job did. glory and get you out of what you're in. I wish I had about six folk that was on your road that would say he preaching the mood and I believe that I'm getting ready to get out of something that's so phenomenal because if God is starting it, he's getting ready to finish that thing. Now Peter is getting excited because he's getting instructions. He said, now put your stuff on. Put your robe on. He said, and now 
put your shoes on. You don't put shoes on unless you're going somewhere. I wish I had somebody that was happy to say, evidently, I'm on my way somewhere because I feel God putting my shoes on. God is getting me ready for something that's absolutely phenomenal. Who can I talk to in this church that's ready to move out of the same old, same old? You're tired of being around folk that's in the same conversation. You're ready to go somewhere and do something else phenomenal. The man in Acts 3 who was at the gate called Beautiful was dropped at the gate called Beautiful every day for 40 years by people that were carrying him and they would drop him there to beg every day and after a while these broke preachers came to him and said silver and gold have I none but such as I have I give unto thee and the Bible says they stretched out their hand the man that was lame I'm in Acts 3 for a moment the man that was lame after they grabbed his hand he jumped up and stood this man has never walked before. This man was born like this. So how do you go through the therapy and the psychology and the medicinal to be able to land up on your feet and support yourself when you've never stood? Oh, I wish I had a praiser in here. And the Bible says he began to walk and then he began to leap. Now the miracle is not just he got his ability to walk. Miracle is he was able to move away from there. I wish I had about six praises in here that said if God does anything for me in 2016 I want him to finally get me out of there. Get me away from that situation that keeps defining who I am. Because some folk will label you while you're going through a season of dysfunction. But don't you let the label that folk put on you while you're going through that season to stick with you. Oh I dare you hit your neighbor and tell him that's not my name. That's not my name. That's not my name. Uh, back to the story at hand. And Peter now is getting instruction. He says, put on your shoes. Put on your stuff. But I love this one. He said, and put on your cloak put on your cloak. The reason why y'all ain't even moving on that one is because you don't understand what the cloak represents. So let me jaywalk all the way back to the Old Testament and Elijah who prophesied and said, I hear the sound of the abundance of rain. Y'all remember that? And he told Ahab get up and drink and put yourself on the chariot. Get the horses and you get going because it's about to be a rainfall. The rain is not just going to fall but it's going to be rain that's going to make up for the last three and a half years of a drought which means it's going to be a, 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 a possibly almost like the day of Noah. It's going to be a treacherous rain to make up for the drought. And the Bible says that Elisha prophesied that Ahab got on the chariot and he began to go to Jezreel. Now from where they were to Jezreel is 15 miles. And now the Bible says that Elijah looked and said, what am I going to do? And God told him, put your cloak. And a man, Elijah, 65 years of age, outran horses because he wasn't doing it in his own strength. He was doing it with a cloak. Who can I talk to today that believe that this is your season to outrun stuff that started before you? You don't like that one. How about you getting ready to do something that's more powerful than horses? Uh, I wish I had about six praises in here that was excited about the fact that God is giving you your cloak back. Uh, he's giving you your anointing back. He's giving you your superpower back. I need about six praises in here to high-five your neighbor and tell them it's my season for my cloak now.
I've been trying to do it in my own strength. I've been trying to do it in my own power. But God says for every loud praiser in here, I'm giving you something that's going to give you enough to finish. I'm giving you something that's going to give you superpowers. You may be sitting by the wrong person. I need somebody that's like an Avenger. I need somebody that got superpowers to yoke up with somebody else and say wonder twin powers activate. I need a praiser in here that can yoke up with somebody else and say when I give God a shout and you give God a shout, God is going to release cloaks in this atmosphere. Anybody want a real powerful anointing for you to outrun stuff and you ain't going to miss out on a thing? I dare you find a happy praiser and grab them by the hand and say will you give me one moment of a cloak praise? When you give me just one moment of a cloak shout. Some of y'all don't want a clock. Well, we'll go without you. But the rest of you all that need God to give you some supernatural strength so you can make the deal happen, so you can raise the kids by yourself, so you can do this thing without the money, I dare you give God a praise with your neighbor and say, it's my cloak season now. I'm almost done now. Here he is. Cloak in hand. Girded up and ready to go. And the Bible says, now he told him, follow me. The angel told Peter, follow me. Now please, because some of y'all forgot, this is all happening while Herod have plans to kill Peter. Which means Peter ain't got time to be faking it like he okay with being here. Because if he stays here, the next dimension is death. That's why you can't let nobody sit in your row and make you feel like you shouldn't praise God like you're praising God. They have no idea how much life and death is on this lips of this praise right here. And Peter is now following the angel. The angel said, follow me. The angel is now leading him. Mind you, this is the third ward of the prison and the guards are still asleep. Peter is now walking out of the first dimension or the third dimension. Now he gets to the second dimension and there are guards standing at attention to hold and keep this dimension so nobody will sneak out. They're standing at attention and the Bible says, I love it, the Bible says, and he passed by them. I'm trying to say this right. There's some stuff that after you've gone through enough, God says the next dimension, you ain't gonna go through nothing, you just gone. I don't think I got the right church in here. Because God says for every praiser, if you really been through hell last season, if you praise him the right way, you might be a candidate to go through a season of just pass by it. It was set up for you to get sick, but God says you gone. It was set up for you to not have the money to make it, but God says you're going. I wish I had about six praisers in here that would go ahead and act like you're passing by stuff. The guards are standing there, and they just walking. Ah. I love it. So they get past the second dimension. The guards are still at attention. At the third dimension, the guards are still asleep. Peter is now at the main dimension. And there is a big door. And when you study Grecian culture, 
and you look at the reality of Herod and Grecian culture and Roman culture, those big doors usually have key slot with five keys. Five men have to at the same time in unity put the key in and turn together. It takes five men. Oh, I can't preach like I want to because I'm out of time. Five-fold dimension. You got to look at the reality is instead of God using five dimensions of men power to open up for your deliverance, the Bible says, and the big door just opened. Honest. Now, what I'm tripping on is, I just told you first that God released you from what was bound to you and left it still bound without you. Then I just told you the second dimension is still at attention, but you passed by that. And now I just told you that God opened up a door that it takes five men to open. And it just opened on this accord for you. And some of y'all looking at me like, okay. Well, ask for me in my house. And the few of us that's going to praise on this last one. See, some of us are used to certain scenarios. And we had to go to a certain mall. And we had to open up the door by ourselves. But some of us have now been able to go to a good mall. And that mall door, as soon as you put your foot on the magnet, the door just... But the door won't open unless it feels the weight of a real person. So if you know who you are, I'm talking you to today. And I wish I had about six praises in here that know your identity and say, it's time for doors to start opening for me. God, I've been through the hell. I've been through the flood. And now it's time for me to step into my identity. If that's you, I give you 30 seconds uh, to jump on your feet and let the door open. I dare you act like you at the place of opening. And jump on your feet. And let the door that God has for you hit your neighbor and say, I'm free now. Oh, y'all help me close this out. Hit your neighbor and tell him, I'm free now. Do y'all mind if I holler just a little bit? Or y'all gonna holler back at me? Because it's time for me to go and get on and get out of here. Because I see I done bored some of y'all and blessed some of y'all. But I need some hand clapping folk that are ready for the fact that just like Peter, we already out. Now, Peter, y'all catch the revelation. Peter is out, but he's early. That means some of you all are going to get the title, you are before your time. Some of the stuff you've been thinking about have never worked because you're before your time. You tried to step into situations and matrix because you wanted to be a part of that, but God said, it ain't your time. It ain't that you're not ready for them. They're not ready for you. So Peter steps out. And Peter experiences this word, freedom. Now, I'm done. It's 8-12. Okay, I'm done. Whom the sun sets free 
Y'all know that, right? Whom the Son sets free, I made sure I jotted it down because I know it's a smart church. Y'all, we done. Whom the Son sets free is free indeed. That's John 8, 36. Whom the Son sets free is free indeed. In other words, the word free the first time is from the Greek word eleutheros which means free from sin. Whom the Son sets free from sin. The second time it says free, it's free indeed. That freedom is now the Greek word eleutheros. So eleutheru, which means free from sin. Eleutheros means free in a civil or legal perspective. So what this is saying is whom the Son sets free from sin is now free from any worldly bondage. Y'all don't like that one. That means if Christ has died on the cross for your sin, you shouldn't be on earth bound up in anything. Y'all miss what I said. Eleuthero means Christ has already done that one. Eleutheros means can't hear, Herod can't hold me down. That means if I believe that Christ has died for my sin, I should be able to walk out of every stinking situation that holds me hostage. Who in here is ready for the Son to set you free? Well, you didn't like that one? Look at the reality. Whom the Son sets free is free indeed. But the Bible says, now are we the sons of God. And it doth not yet appear what we shall be. But when he come, we shall be like him. Which means we are a joint heir. Which means we are a son. Which means if you don't want to wait on Christ to set you free, but you got the Holy Ghost on the inside, you can set yourself free. Y'all miss what I said. I need about six praises in here and say, I think that's my chance to leave my seat and act like I'm free. Do me a favor and be symbolic tonight. Do me a favor and act like you're illustrating the sermon and act like everything that had me bound, I'm about to show it what I'm getting ready to do. You about to walk out of a situation that held you against your will. You about to, some of y'all ain't even moving. I said be prophetic and step out of your seat and say I'm coming out of any bad <laughs> I wish I had about three praises in here that was real excited about the fact there you go bruh I'm talking about leave your seat and high five your neighbor and say I'm free now y'all I gotta get out of here but I need about six praises in here while you're still high-fiving your neighbor tell them why I'm high-fiving you things will get better God ain't going to get me out of this mess uh, and not make things better. It's time for things to shift in my favor. I dare you go ahead and encourage your neighbor and tell them things will get better. Y'all ain't saying it with no power. Tell them things will get better. And if you're prophetic, I want you to say things are already better. And if you believe your better uh, starts right now, uh, I dare you throw your head back uh, and give God a shout of praise. Open up your mouth and shout. 
I believe that God is getting ready to bless you beyond your wildest dreams. And I need a praiser in here that's real excited about these words that are coming out of my mouth. I reckon that the present suffering of this time shall, shall not compare to the glory that will be revealed in you. So I need a praiser in here that can find yourself a space and say God has set me free and if God has set me free I can give God praise on the fact that now unto him who is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that you can ask or think but it's according to the power the power the dunamis the ishkar the indunamu, the kratos, them all cousin words of the word dunamis, but the exousia that resides in you. You ain't got to ask Herod, let me out. You just wait on the presence of God to let you out. The guards are still asleep. The guards are still at attention and the door is still closed, but it opened just for you to get out of what you in. So now I need a praiser in here that don't mind opening up your mouth and letting yourself hear what freedom sounds like. You sounded like bondage last season, but now you sound like freedom. Open up your mouth and shout like a free man, a free woman. And bless the Lord, oh my soul. I dare you give him praise from the fruit of your lips. Out of the abundance of the heart, your mouth going to speak. And I need to praise him in here that don't mind sharing how good God's been to you. You don't even know how you got out of it. You don't even know how God made the way. But all you know is you were asleep, bound in the third dimension. And then not too long after that, you were out of what you were in. And I need a praiser in here that's excited about your future. Because if God lets you out, he got another door to let you in. And Peter went to the door of Peter's house, of Mark's house, and started knocking on the door. And as he was knocking on the door, they wouldn't let him in because the religious saints were having a prayer meeting saying, Lord, if it be your will, let Peter out of prison. Lord, if it be your will, can you free our brother from the prison? But Peter is knocking on the door saying what y'all praying about is right here at the door. But sometimes we get so stuck praying about stuff that God has already done. So while Peter is knocking and they are praying, there's one sister girl who's jumping up with excitement. Her name is Rhoda and she's at the door looking at Peter. Peter looking at her. She's saying, Peter, I see you. Peter saying, I see you too. 
open the door. She said, I can't open the door. So she run back to the prayer meeting and said, y'all, Peter's at the door. They said, shut up. You crazy girl. You ain't got no sense. Ain't no way in the world Peter's out of that situation. She said, I see him. But they called her crazy. I need about six praises in here that's ever been called crazy for what you've been believing God for. To give God a road of praise right now. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have went off like that. I'm done. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have went off on that. Rhoda, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I just had a service earlier. Really didn't eat like I wanted to. Jumped in the car and drove four hours to be here with you all. I'm just a little excited. My bad. Peter's knocking on the door. Rhoda is jumping with excitement. Rhoda sees it, but the religious folk don't. Finally, the religious folk either got tired of praying or said, let me go see what this crazy girl talking about. But I hear Peter talking like some of y'all talking. Like I was talking before I studied it, bro. I'm looking at the text and I'm like, Rhoda, just open the door. Why are you going to get folk that don't believe anyway? Just open the door. When I did more study, I found out that Rhoda was a slave girl, which means she had no authority to open doors. Which means sometimes it don't matter how excited you get. Until you step into your authority, doors will never open. Which is the shift of dunamis to exousia. A lot of church folk, they have and they recognize dunamis, power dynamite, but they don't understand exousia. Jesus told Peter, whatsoever you loose on earth, heaven got your back. Whatever you bind up. My point is, and he gave Peter keys. When you got keys, you don't need permission. Pastor, I know I look like I'm 23, but I just turned 45. And on my 45th birthday, yeah. I said to myself, you know what? I could have bought this car three, four years ago. I'm about to go buy me a car. I already bought one car, paid it off, driving. I'm allergic to bills, y'all. I'm allergic to car payments. I don't like owing nobody. So I've been driving with no car payment for years. And I'm not about to get into another car payment now. So I saved up, saved up, saved up. One of my buddies got real, real, real blessed. And he sang a song called, Never Would Have Made It. I didn't write the song, but I wrote on that record. Hallelujah. Yeah. Amen. Can somebody say cha-ching in the Greek? Amen. <laughs> but I saved up money. But then I started pastoring. And if you're a real pastor, you're thinking about the people. So I said, hold on. Let me put something aside just in case things don't pan out. Because before you start receiving, you have to start giving. So I said, what car do you want, Don? I said, well, I kind of like that Mercedes. That's nice. I kind of like that Maserati. That's nice. But what's really swagged out for me is that BMW. I, I, I just, I'm, I'm a driver. I like to drive the ultimate machine. So I said, I'm going to give him a BMW. 
was looking, seen one in Ohio. It was nice. I was about to buy it. A buddy of mine from Atlanta called me and said, don't buy that one. I got one here in Atlanta. Better price, better mileage. Everything is set. I said, okay. He said, get you a flight. Fly to Atlanta. We're going to buy it. What's the price? They gave me a great price. I went to my bank, pulled the money out, got on the flight, flew uh, one way to Atlanta. Got to Atlanta, looked at the man, the man at the BMW dealer looking at me, because I'm, you know, in my little fatigue, in my little Jordan hat. He looking at me like, so how you going to finance this? Here, I got the money right here. He looking at me strange because he think I'm not supposed to be that free. Push the money over. Extra incentive. You know when you buy a BMW, they start throwing other stuff on there like, well, you know, you know they got this, get this. I bought everything. Tire protection, extra maintenance, all, it's just warranty, guarantee, everything. He looking at me, how you going to pay this? I got the money right here. What else you want to add on there? My point is, sometimes insecure people will mistake people that have confidence and say they're arrogant. Not arrogant, I'm just confident. You don't know how long I had to drive a car and get out of it, and it's still speaking in tongues. You don't know that car? You don't know what it's like to walk, walk into work and you smell like the fluids that should be in your car. Gas, antifreeze, stop leak. Y'all know about that. So we bought the car and we drove it back home. Had the party at the church. I'm in the black BMW, but it has this key that you put on you and you ain't got to ever take the, the key out of your pocket. Because as long as the car is connected to you and the key, you, it, you can get in and open it, close it. You can leave the door unlocked and go walk away. Can't nobody get away with it. Because it will not move unless the one that has exousia is connected to it. Who can I talk to tonight that's ready to step out of dunamis? and step into exousia. Peter steps out and finally gets the door to open for him. I pray right now that everybody that heard this message is ready for activation. And I hope that this Sunday night is the kickoff, not just of something that you're doing here in Detroit, but I hope it's the kickoff of the second half of your life. Every praiser in here that believed that this word was for you, do me a favor. Give God the biggest shout you can right now. Come on, give him the biggest. Even louder than that. I don't know how you want me to close this out, but I just want to give them an opportunity to be able to receive from God. I, I would pray that no one would walk and leave at this moment, but it's not my church, so I don't want to you know, act like I am at my church. But I would that all of you all would take an opportunity. If you're not Peter, there might be a Peter in your family. If you're not Peter, there might be a Peter in this building that needs to have their experience to walk out. Because as we pray, Peter is now out of the prison. But before he gets into Mark's house, he's experiencing a season of, I'm out, but I'm not in. 
I'm out of that, but I'm not in that. That door opened by itself, but this door won't open at all. And I'm praying that God will clear up any ambiguity in your heart about God is going to open up that door. God's going to do exactly what he promised. And if you're here and you believe that God has you on his radar for early release, do me a favor. Run to this altar right now and say, I want to experience the second half of my life in freedom. If that's you, come on, run to this altar and say, I want to experience the second half of my life in freedom. It's a new season. It's a new day. Fresh anointing. And it's coming my way. Season of power. And prosperity. Oh. It's a new season. Coming to me it's a new season yes it is it's a new day there's a fresh anointing coming my way oh season of power yes and prosperity It's a new season coming to me. With your hearts up, we're praying that God, who has brought you out of darkness into this marvelous light, is now getting ready to shift you from dimension to dimension to dimension. The thing that had you bound in the uttermost prison, the thing that had you held hostage at the second dimension and the thing that finally was holding you from the big door opening we're praying that God reveal himself whether it's at home on your job in the church house wherever it is that God will reveal himself in a way that will give you freedom in three dimensions and do it early I, I need to hear your hearts right now I need to hear your faith I need to hear your faith I need to hear your hearts I need to hear your faith that's right. Come on. Let me hear your faith. Let me hear your faith. You're already out. But it's time for you to just thank him and worship him for freedom. Worship him for freedom. Whom the sun sets free, you're free indeed. Which means it's valid. There's no discrepancy. There's no ambiguity. You're free. And that's all there is to say about it. Before I pray, I want to make sure that there's a house of worship. Because the Bible says, when they heard the word, but they didn't mix it with faith, it profited them little. So can we hear the sound of praise that lets God know that there's faith in this room for you to wake up tomorrow and all things be shifted in your favor? Can you open up your mouth and give God faith right now? Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on, that's right. Come on, open up your mouth.
fresh anointing is coming my way. Season of power and prosperity. It's a new season and it's coming to me. Do me a favor. Just join hand with the person next to you. We're going to pray together. I believe that there's power in connection. Come on, that's right. Let's connect. Let's connect. Let's connect. Let's connect. Let's connect. We're already out. Now it's time to go in. And we thank God for every rotor in your life that's seen you in the season of your freedom. That believed you when nobody else would believe you. We thank God for the excitement that others will show at the moment of your entrance of the next season of your life. Come on, let's pray. Let's pray. Let's pray together. Come on, open up your mouth. Let's pray. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. Father, we magnify you for this time. And Father, we believe right now that you have done something absolutely phenomenal in our lives tonight by bringing us out of darkness into this marvelous light. Father, we believe right now that you've given us the freedom to be able to step out of dimension, out of dimension, out of dimension, and get to the open door. Father, we believe that Herod and the enemy had plans to keep us bound, to keep us frustrated, to keep us in depression, to keep us in darkness. But we thank God that you always cause us to triumph over anything the enemy will throw our way. So, Father, we speak against depression right now. Father, we speak against that foul spirit of depression in the name of Jesus. Father, we speak against despair. In the name of Jesus, we pray against the spirit of uh, despair, and I can't make it, and I won't make it. We pray right now that, God, you will favor those uh, that are coming out of those dark season and into the light season. Father, we're praying right now that the sound that we're making here at church uh, will shift to our address uh, and you will allow us to be able to experience the freedom that we feel in this house. We'll feel it when we get home. And for every loud praiser, God, that believes your word tonight, we're praying that tomorrow morning they'll wake up with an email from heaven saying it's all already done. God, we believe that no weapon formed against us shall prosper. And God, we believe uh, that there is no failure in you. So God, you've given us the power to be able to do something phenomenal in this season and that is going to our destiny. And God, as we prophesied for every praiser, the second half of their life is going to make up for the first half of their life. And God, we believe it and we erupt in praise right now, believing that the sound that we make is the sound of our future. If you agree with this prayer, let that hand go. Open up your mouth and sound like tomorrow. Come on, sound like tomorrow. Yeah, it's a new day. Fresh anointing. Coming my way. Season of power. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 
Listen. Listen. Before you take your seat, can you half have somebody and tell them, welcome to the future? Come on, tell them, welcome to the future. Welcome to tomorrow. Welcome to tomorrow. Come on, before you go ahead, tell them, welcome to tomorrow. Yes. Oh, it's a new season. Listen, God bless you all. As we give the mic back to the angel of this house, we pray that your hearts have been blessed. And remember, everything that happened tonight, hit your neighbor and tell them, it happened early. It happened early, which means there is some stuff that God's getting ready to do on time. But these blessings and these miracles, they happened ahead of time. And if you believe it, and let's receive the bishop of this house, let's clap our hands and give God praise for early release. Our community at Revival Tabernacle aims to reach our city and beyond with the life-changing message of Jesus. Thank you for your support. If you want to further connect with us, you can find us online at www.revivaltab.org.